Welcome to the Future of Everything podcast with world-renowned futurist and best-selling author, Nick Webb. In this episode, Nick will share the big future trends that are impacting your organization in the areas of innovation, emerging technologies, leadership, and the rapidly changing workplace. Get ready to see the future. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Webb. Hi, this is Nick Webb, and welcome to another episode of The Nick Webb Show. As you may recall, my first 24 shows are entitled 24 Tips for 2024. The goal of these 24 tips are to take the latest research in future trends and apply it to tips that you can use to be able to thrive in your organization, in your role as a leader, and, well, in your life. Now, this is episode five. As you may recall, the first episode was simply entitled, Get Clear. Clarity or lucidity is the superpower of the best organizations in the world, and correspondingly, the best leaders. And really, when we look at our own life, the best thing that we can do for ourselves as we prepare for a great 2024 is to get clear about our priorities and how we attribute attention to various things in our life. The second episode was simply entitled, Get Happy. From the research of my best-selling book, Happy Work, I identified that there is, in fact, a formula for personal and enterprise happiness. Episode 3 started to begin the process of talking about the three dimensions of lucidity from my best-selling book, Lucid Leadership. These three dimensions include understanding the marketscape, understanding your culture, and ultimately, understanding you. Episode 3 was a discussion about going beyond understanding your marketplace to understanding the far more important dynamics of your marketscape. And I define marketscape as understanding not just a competitive ether or economic trends and so on, but really understanding enabling technologies and infrastructure that you can leverage to be able to grow, thrive, and prosper in a time of hyper-complexity. The second component was the issue of culture. It's shocking. From my research from Happy Work, I found that the overwhelming majority of leaders and even CEOs really had a wrong idea about how happy their employees really were. Understanding your culture is critical to your success as a leader and ultimately the success of your enterprise. Then we talked a little bit more about what it meant to create a culture of happiness. And I recommended during that podcast that you build a happiness as a strategy plan that you bolt on to your enterprise strategy. Well, here we are now on episode five. This is an important episode because it's really one of the areas that we as leaders and as entrepreneurs and really as individuals struggle with the most. I mean, I know I certainly do. And that is the issue of self-awareness. Self-awareness. This may seem incidental or maybe not even important, but virtually every aspect of your success and happiness is founded in your ability to understand what you is and what you ain't, as Popeye might say. This is critical. So how do you get to a sense of self-awareness? Well, here's a few tips. 
Number one is you have to make a commitment to being lucid. (laughs) Being lucid is hard. Being self-aware is hard. In other words, really thinking about the words you use and the things you do and how it impacts other people in your business life and in your personal life. What does somebody think when I say this? And is there a way to accelerate and amplify the impact that I have in a positive way on other people? I find that the single biggest best tip for gaining self-awareness is developing the habit of consciousness, the habit of being aware The habit of thinking of your words as they leave your mouth. When you do this, when you try this just for 10 days, what is the impact of this package of information and emotion that I'm sending out? What does that impact have on other people? You know, one of the ways that I've really improved my sense of self-awareness was through the work I do as a public speaker traveling around the world speaking to massive audiences, I begin to realize that every single word, the way I pause and the modulation, the inflection, the key, the clarity of speech had an incredible impact on the audience. And over the years, having given hundreds and hundreds of keynote presentations, I begin to fine tune my ability to impact others by really having that sort of psycho feedback that what does this really mean to people when I say that? What, what, would they, what would it be like to be in those seats listening to me talk? Am I inspiring them or scaring them? Am I bragging, which is something that you have to be really careful about because even when we don't mean to be boastful or arrogant or loud or whatever, it happens. And the problem is, is that our greatest strengths are always our greatest weaknesses. I know in my case, I'm very opinionated and I'm very, um, you know, I, I have ideas and I want to share those ideas and I have passion and enthusiasm. But if I don't carefully channel those emotional dynamics, it can come off as arrogant and opinionated and somebody who doesn't listen. And look, I've made just about every mistake you can make in terms of the way in which I have constructed communication with others. And I learned a lot the hard way. And I think that if, number one, we start with that habit of self-awareness, of just thinking about the words by empathy and thoughtfulness, it's incredible. You go, wow, I've been saying that. Here's the second tip. Ask people that are close to you, even employees, how am I doing? Do I come off as a loving, thoughtful person that really cares and wants to learn and listen? Am I a collaborator or a totalitarian? What am I like? What's it like to be in my world? And let me just ask you a really basic question. Now, this is powerful. It's not for everybody. But I find that when I ask people, What do you hate? What do you hate about me? I know that's a strong word. What do you hate about me? Let me give you a recent example. In attempting to apply my own recommendations, I decided to ask some of these questions to my wife, who I love dearly and I've been married to for 33 years, and she's an amazing, amazing person. And so I felt like it was safe to ask her that question. 
So I started with something that was easy. I asked her what she loved about me. And she gave me an inventory that was very satisfying and made me feel great. And I said, thanks for that. But let me ask you something that's a little harder. What do you hate about me? And she immediately said, I don't hate anything about you. I love you. You're my husband. We we're best friends. <clears throat> I said, yeah, I know. I get it. But what do you hate about me? <laughs> she goes, well, I don't hate anything about you. But since we have this open dialogue, I kind of hate a behavior that you have. Ah, okay. Well, since I control my behavior, I want to know what that is. She goes, you know, when you kind of just throw your clothes on the closet floor rather than taking a millisecond to put them in the hamper, I kind of hate that. I don't hate you, but I really wish you wouldn't do that. And then she went on to give me another four or five things that she didn't like. And from there on, from that very moment, with great enthusiasm and excitement, I never did those things again, ever. But that problem wouldn't have been solved if I wasn't willing to ask for criticism. You know, as an author, I see reviews on my books, and some of them are just mean-spirited. They'll say things like, I hate this book. Really? Do you, do you, that's your review? You're, you just hate the... That's not a, even a real review. There's something else that set you off, right? I mean, say, I hate chapter nine, where Nick goes off and talks about X, Y, and Z, but you don't get to just say, I hate the book. I mean, do you? And so you have to realize that you have to have a thick hide if you want to be good, if you want to be great, if you want to be a great spouse, if you want to be a great father, if you want to be a great mother, if you want to be a great citizen, if you want to be a great leader, you have to be willing to expose yourself to insights about you so that you can get better. But don't put the burden on other people to tell you what you're doing wrong. Never do that. It's not their job. It's not their job. It's your job to get better. It's your job to be more self-aware. But here's the good news, and there's lots of good news. When you're willing to do this, and self-awareness becomes part of your own commitment to individual clarity, you find that you have the ability to positively impact people in a way that is incredibly moving. You're more successful. You're more happy. Relationships work. virtually every part of your life begins to function much better when you begin to understand the impact you're having in the world around you. So there you go. I believe that self-awareness, understanding your impact to your teams, to to your spouses, to your children, to your community, to anyone that you influence, is maybe one of the most important commitments we can make for 2024 and beyond. All right. So there you go. That's your first five podcasts on sort of the more personal aspects of what we're going to do in 2024 to get happy, to have fun, to embrace complexity, to lean into the blur of the weirdness of the world we live in today. We're going to have a great year because we're going to apply these principles. And here they are again. Number one, get clear. Understand what matters to you and what impact you can have on it. Number two, read happy work (laughs) or something else. 
But understand that the truth of the matter is, statistic proves it, that happiness isn't about wealth. It's not about attractiveness or fame. It's not about where you live or who you are. It's about the decision to implement some understandings of the principles of happiness, which include waking up every day and believing in your mission. Every day you should wake up and ask yourself, do I believe in the mission that I'm about to embark on today? Do you believe in that mission? Because if you don't, you don't get to be happy. Number two, is that mission that you're on evolutionary? Is it making you better? Because if it doesn't, you don't get to be happy. And number three, does this mission that matters to you, that's making you better positively impact other people? If it doesn't, you don't get to be happy. Choose a mission that matters. That's part of your own evolutionary pathway and always make certain that it's in the service of others. You do those three things, you're going to have a great 2024. Make sure and understand your marketscape. Make sure and understand your culture. And as we just discussed, make sure you understand you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Nick Webb Show. And don't forget, we have 24 powerful short tips that can help you thrive, grow, and prosper in a time of hyper-complexity. As I've mentioned before, the overwhelming majority of podcasts are about 80% non-meat fillers. <laughs> There's a lot of fluff and not a lot of actionable content. My commitment to you is to deliver stuff that you can apply immediately to make you, your organization, and your life better. Until next time. You have been listening to the Future of Everything podcast with best-selling author and keynote speaker, Nick Webb. To continue getting hard-hitting, powerful insights, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. To learn more about Nick's consulting or speaking services, please visit Nick's website at nickweb.com.